Happy New Year! <laughs> Is it? Not yet. It's almost Happy New Year. Audity Files. All things creepy. Cryptic. Otherworldly. So how was everybody's Christmas? You remember how, like, after Thanksgiving, we were just full and all that? Yeah. Same. Exhausted. <laughs> Tired. Exhausted. <laughs> I excited uh, for New Year. Yes. I'm, I'm, it's the 20, it's the roaring 20s, the 20s about to happen. Can we get some, like, a party with, like, Leonardo DiCaprio dressed in, like, little flapper dresses? <laughs> Great Gatsby. That's Gatsby. what it's called. Yeah. That's what it's called. <laughs> Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he might. He's just swoon-worthy. I'm sorry. I had to let that out of Does anybody my mouth. know how we can get a hold of him for a, a story? Oh, dude. I would lose my shit. You want to <laughs> see me fangirl? Oh, my God. But hey, guys. This is Oddity Files. The, the podcast. podcast. That's Clayton Abbott. And that's Kitsy Duncan. And I like to throw it in backwards every once in a while. Change it up. To keep Clayton on his toes. We are a paranormal podcast where we just talk about weird shit we find on the internet. Yeah. We swear a lot. Yeah. Um, I fuck up reading all the time. And you know what? I fucking love peanut M&Ms. Ooh. I'm, I decided last night, so I'm on this new diet. Okay. Where I only eat from noon to 8 p.m. Okay. It's kind of like a keto thing, but not. I saw it on my Facebook sure, feed. A yeah. friend of mine was doing it. She said she lost thirty pounds. I was like, "Well, I don't need to lose thirty, but I'm going to try it." We're sitting on the couch. Chris and I are binging Shameless, which uh-huh. is so good. If you haven't watched it, oh my god, William H Macy is that his name? Fucking amazing. Joan Cusack. I can't even. The cast is just to die for. Anyway, Chris starts eating peanut M and M's at like oh, no. nine thirty, and I just I'm a whore. For peanut M&M's. I can't <laughs> not eat them when they're there. So next live podcast you see us at, I expect peanut M&M's, people. A ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> what? Again? Yeah. It was getting So we just got a notification that it, so like every time, if we get too loud, it just lets us know that it's too loud and that there's like some feedback. And by but, we, he means me. But can I just note that it it was due to peanut M&M's? Because <laughs> I'm a whore for peanut It wasn't M&Ms. like a crazy ghost, like, no <laughs> way, da-da-da-da. It was just peanut M&M's. <laughs> They're so yummy. So yummy. So, uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot to tell you about. So our friend Amy Piglowski that we've met through the the Comic-Con world and, and everything like that. Chris and I went to dinner with her before the holidays and she got me the most thoughtful gift. First of all, I've never had a first edition book of anything except, you know, Zach Baggins ghost hunting novel from right. <laughs> not for dummies, but she got me this book. It's called the supernatural question mark by Lionel, Lionel a Weatherly MD. And what it is, it's, it's instances of, supernatural claims and like the doctor tries to debunk them whoa it's really cool and it's gorgeous and i can't wait to add it to my collection but i'm it's so old and and we'll put a picture of it on the stories which you can find at oddity files um 
I hate opening old books because I'm afraid I'm going to break yeah. the binding. So I've, I'm trying not to, you know, just thumb through page by page. But I, You're I just I, like half opening, peeking in. Exactly. But I read a couple of them, and there's some good stories in here. So, so I've cool. got fodder for the neck for all of 2020 in my hands right here. So if you guys want to see what the book looks like, just head over to our Instagram at Oddity Files, and we do live, we do stories that go along with each podcast with timestamps and all that. So um, this will be episode 57. Yes. And. So you'll see what that looks like there. And if you're just catching up now, maybe starting backwards, forwards, whatever, all of them are up there. They're yep. in our highlights. So if, when you go to the main at Oddity Files page on Instagram, you can go through and check any of the episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And for social media, that's really all of our handles on Twitter and everything. We are at Oddity Files. We do have a fan group on Facebook. It'll show up as a closed account, but we do let anybody in as long as you don't spam it. Yeah. But and yeah. then I'll just ban your ass because <laughs> that's what I do. We but we some... love communicating with everybody there. We love sharing stories. And even if it is just like silly paranormal stuff, it's fun to to talk about and just. I'm a huge fan of all of it. Yeah, it's great. Speaking of that group, that's where I got today's story. Story or paranormal in the news? Par- that's what I meant. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun. Paranormal in the news. We need we need theme songs like Sophie and David have on uh, Not for the Dinner Table. They sing their uh their jingles before their little segments that's right they do you you can sing i'm not gonna sing because i always tell myself off the top of my <laughs> we're gonna have we... dj jimmy send them in there you go perfect him and his or cast we can take we can take a cue from last week's episode and just do a rep uh an epic poem, poem poetry battle, battle. so <laughs> just really quick i i don't know why i didn't think of it but so Another thing that happened while I was in the UK, I went and saw James McAvoy in Cyrano de Bergerac, the play. And (gasps) I mean, I'm not going to go into it because it's just like, it was absolutely unreal. But so that's like a very, very, very old play. Oh, yeah. Very. So it was newly adapted just to be fresh and new. Mm -hmm. And the way that that play is written is in a series of like poems that's just how it was, like the whole thing. Right. But in the newly adapted version, it's kind of like a constant rap yeah. battle. Oh my God, that's so cool. But, and I don't know why I didn't think to say it, but uh, yeah, so maybe we just always incorporate rap battles. <laughs> we should every episode. It's so terrible. <laughs> I know. I can't rhyme. I can't words. Off the top of my head like that? I know. No, it stresses me out. I know. It's like, you know... I don't think people give rappers enough credit, period. Agreed. Because it's Especially just... freestyle rappers. Oh, damn. It's nuts. They are the smartest fucking people ever. We have a hard enough time remembering to say Oddity Files, the podcast, at the beginning of each episode. <laughs> Let's not. Or give a description of our show, Let's even. Let's not continue to throw in more. Oh, shit. So, anyway, um, back to paranormal in the news. That's not going to be a thing, I promise. Um, somebody had posted in our Facebook group that there's a real Bigfoot sighting in Oregon, of all places, right. of course. Yes. Um, this person that posted this photo that I'll show you and will also be on our Instagram stories, it says, I have a friend that works for the Oregon State Police that received a frantic phone call about a Bigfoot sighting near the Hood River exit a few weeks ago. The caller described the thing as dwarfing the guardrail and too big to be a bear. 
that must be fucking huge. Massive. Um, not to mention that it was walking upright. The dispatcher immediately checked the ODOT camera, which is, I'm sure, Oregon, Oregon Department, Department of, of Transportation. Transportation. Oh, look at the good we do. We could be epic rap battlers. <laughs> um, and she checked the camera and saw this image. Again, we'll post it. It's in our Facebook fan group now, and it'll be on our um instagram the image gave me chills and i had to share it with you guys what are you thoughts what are your thoughts so either you can pull it up in the group on yours but yeah. see right here uh-huh. so that's the guardrail i yeah, assume I guardrail comes up to probably my waist yeah it's fucking huge Massive, like huge i mean how is this not on the news everywhere because not everyone cares do you think that's what it is i absolutely well i mean the amount of things that are relevant right now in the news, yeah. n- not just like politically, but even just... Natural disasters. Right, and- there's just so much. I feel like it's easy... It's hard for us to imagine not giving a shit about ghosts and cryptids true. and all. But people that don't, just don't. Yeah. You know? That's true. Like, they just That's true. don't care. There's yeah, well, like two weeks, three weeks ago maybe I sent you a, a picture of my Alexa, yes. and she was talking about how they may have the the most prominent Bigfoot evidence to date, yeah. which is part of a Travel Channel surprise TV show, yeah. but and it, it was just like a, a thermal imprint of what they think was a Bigfoot. Yeah, this is a fucking picture of Bigfoot. I know. On a closed caption TV camera. Mm-hmm. Not closed caption. Closed circuit. Closed circuit. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's a big fucking deal. And I wish more people did. And maybe I think it's a big deal because I don't want to know what the news really has to say. No kidding. <laughs> it's kind of my jam. So I thought that was great. And again, check it out on our Instagram. And I think we put it in our Facebook stories too. But I don't think we can highlight our Facebook stories. I don't think we can. No. So, yeah, super fun stuff going on there. Um, talked about my cool book from Amy. Did you get any ghostly gifts for Christmas? No. I'm trying to, to keep this in the holiday spirit, but I'm over it. Well, I mean, <laughs> Kitsy did get me a book that's it's called Hidden Files, and it's by Sue Kovach. And it's literally all stories like paranormal-esque stories but that are also like law enforcement um reported and like you know what's the word i'm trying to think of documented documented yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which, which it's is crazy it's like ufos ghosts poltergeist voodoo uh cryptids just occult you know all the stuff that we love but it's all police evidence yeah. Which is so Which crazy. is so... There's actually... Again, back to the Travel Channel. I was watching before you got here. It's called Paranormal 911. Uh-huh. And I may have to do a story on this, or you may want to do a story on this at some point. But like 20 years ago, there were two cops in Louisville that took off in a helicopter and saw a UFO that fucking shot at them. I guess it was all over the news. I don't remember this. Me either. It was all over the tabloids and everything. So I'm too Whoa. close to the microphone. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, I did come across, which I sent you a link to, that we are not sponsored by these people by any way, shape, or form, but the coolest 
fucking paranormal equipment site I have seen in a long fucking time. I sent it to you when you were flying home. I don't know if you actually got it or not. When I was just coming yesterday? Yeah. I didn't get a link. Okay. It's called Paranologies is their website, paranologies.com. This is some of the fucking, (laughs) I'll send you the link again. Yeah, yeah. Fucking coolest ghost hunting equipment i have ever seen in my life first world problems the wi-fi wasn't working on the flight over i know right and you didn't get my my text about the gyroscope didn't get anyone's. Yeah. <laughs> um so i was watching holzer files which i'm giving a huge shout out to our friend dave schrader when we had him on the show in minneapolis i hadn't watched his new show yeah. and i had all the guilt and it's so good clayton really he's actually really good at explaining and and teaching people about the paranormal while they're investigating. Yeah. I definitely highly recommend checking out the Holzer files. Okay, noted. But I came I saw him messing with the gyroscope on the season ender. I texted him. I said, "What the fuck is that Ouija board looking thing and where do I get it?" His response, "Mwahahaha." I'm like, "Motherfucker." Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. So, he sent me the link to paranologies.com and you know if they do want to sponsor us I mean they can just send us equipment and we'll just talk about them all the time (laughs) but the gyroscope is this really cool looking thing so it it, it's got the Ouija board vibe to it and it's got these two little things that spin in rotation one is letters one is yes no or maybe and they rotate and they spin and there's like a light bulb on either side and the light bulb's bulbs will light up when static electricity touches them so like when it's em whatever and the one side is for the yes no and maybe and the other light bulb is for the letters of the alphabet and and it's made out of this stuff so when it lights up next to it it'll glow like it's i think it's 3d printed is what it looks like but it's like that kind of plastic that when light hits it it'll yeah. glow for a minute so when you're in the dark you know exactly what letter it's highlighting what? it but it you don't have to touch it clayton it's a ouija board that you don't have to touch so it doesn't use your energy to do it <laughs> i found That's us the perfect ouija so, board so in my mind i'm imagining it's close to what i was imagining yeah. remove the light bulbs because i almost had like you know the old school like locking puzzle yes. things yes 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 yes. that's what i had in my mind yeah so close with two light bulbs <laughs> yeah so, I mean, and this is not the only cool thing on the site this I is the thing i am obsessed with imagine right now so i i told my husband to order me one i don't know if he did or not because there's no way it would have been in by christmas maybe right. he'll surprise me with me with it later he is producer chris <laughs> <laughs> he pays for all our ghost hunting shit um but yeah, you guys should check out the site. We'll put a picture of the gyroscope up on our stories and uh, our Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, so you guys absolutely. can check that out. But I'm a huge proponent for this stuff. I hope it works. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get some. Speaking of investigative out. equipment, we actually don't have any investigations planned in the, at all. We don't. Which is crazy. But if you guys know of anywhere that maybe hasn't been on all the other shows and that there are out there, but that is extremely haunted. Yes. Let us know because if there's a chance that we can go, we absolutely will, or we'll at least try to contact them and see if we can. Absolutely. Um, But, and we didn't mention it last week because we were in the Christmas spirit, but we actually have three seasons of our TV show on Amazon prime. And 
in planning for season four. Maybe we'll have this new piece of equipment, but so cool. we need locations. So we do. Just like with your stories, we would love to hear your thoughts and yeah, and maybe try to get to some us. of those. Yeah, tweet at us any of the social connections. <clears throat> yeah, we're at Oddity Files for the show. It's what is your Twitter handle? Personally? It's just my name. Oh, so that one is at Clayton Abbott. Yes. Okay, it's Instagram that's weird, yes. and I screwed up. Clayton A13. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> and I am at Kitsy Duncan on all the socials. We never really plug our own socials. I know we don't. But they find us, that's and true. I love it. They really do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> what I like now is that Instagram, if you share something on multiple platforms, mm-hmm. it finds, like even if you have a different username, Ooh. it'll flip it and tag your other one. Fancy. So like how I have my Instagram linked to my Twitter, I uh-huh. think that's how it does it. Oh, okay. So like when you tag my Instagram, but also share it to Twitter, Okay. the social media world technology changes the text to... Oh, super fancy. Crazy? You know, I never do... Um, not that you guys care that are listening, but I never share to my Twitter from the Instagram because it doesn't post the it actual picture. Link. It posts a link. Yeah. Lame. And who clicks on shit? Right. Checking the time over there. Well, just shy of 20 minutes? Yeah, so I think we're good. I definitely, I know we go, or that I go first this week. And my story is pretty short, but because it's encrypted. Ooh, yay. And I found it based on a picture of it. And I was like, what is that? What the fuck is that? And I wasn't looking for a story at the time. It's just one of those things that oh, I saw it and I was like, what on earth is that? Clicked on it, and then there's a ton of different stories that all say the same thing. And so that's why it's short, is because it, it would just be recycled, like trying to make it right. long for the sake of being yeah. long. <clears throat> so it's a huge, ferocious, lion-sized hyena with the face of a bear and a dark red coat. What? That stalks Kenya, attacking human Humans on dark, moonless nights, especially small children. Duh. Well, they're easy prey. The creature has been named the Nandi Bear because the majority of the sightings of it have been by members of the Nandi tribe, which is in western Kenya. And they have stories of this animal interlaced with their tribal history going back hundreds and hundreds of years. So European writers and explorers dating to the Roman conquest also reported this bear species living in Africa, as well as describing giant squirrels with long cat-like tails, sharp teeth, and bloodthirsty appetites. Can you imagine? Now, if... I'm picturing that guy from that squirrel from Ice Age. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine if squirrels were actually like tried to attack you? No, the, I so, live in the woods. They're so quick and like agile. People would be dead. But they're so stupid because they run out in front of my car and then stop and look at my car and then don't know which way to go. <sighs> so they die off pretty quick. Other East African tribes also tell stories of bear-like creatures. And though there are currently no known species of bear in Africa, if really? you didn't know that. I did not. The thought to be extinct Atlas bear is most similar to the description what could have lived in Africa that all the fossils are like literally 4 million years old. Oh, but wow. that's the only known bear ever, to ever live on the continent, which is, I didn't realize. Scientists believe that there are too many reliable reports to declare the Nandi bear a mythical creature. So they're saying okay. that there are so many by like tribe members. So people not exposed to media, the media, sort. the travel channel, it, like these are just 
everything they report is from the eye, you know, like yeah, what yeah. they've seen. First-hand accounts. During the 20th century, Western explorers began to hunt the Nandi bear and for themselves, and they were able to give much clearer accounts of what they discovered, which was an animal similar to a huge lioness, but with thick, dark red pelt, a snouted face, and hindquarters, which were shorter and sleeker than its heavyset front half. Okay. If that makes sense. So like T-Rex-ish. Other way around. So like oh. short back legs, but like big muscly front legs. Oh, that's creepy. Right. Giving the animal a just like looping like bear on all fours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So workers on the major railways that were built in the African jungle in the early 1900s also reported seeing similar creatures, especially in the hours of dusk. While visitors of Africa may have made mistakes and confused what they saw with actual hyenas, baboons, or African badgers, it's unlikely that the stories passed down in tribal lore are susceptible to mistaken identity. So that's why every like in every story, people say, like, it looks like a hyena or it looks like a baboon or, you know. Yeah. Which, yeah. So sightings of the Nandi bears by Europeans have dwindled in recent years, but hunters regularly go looking for them with the assistance from people of the Nandi tribe who say that there are still, that they are still persecuted by this vicious creature still to this day. Oh, wow. It's like if you were to go and talk to people from that tribe, they would say, yeah, we saw one three days ago. You know, like it's yeah, yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, And these parties returned with plenty of reports of tracks made by known known animals and strange, frightening, growling howls that um, are apparent, especially on moonless nights. Wow. So they have like tracks that are not tracks of any known yeah. animal. Yeah. And they they describe it like it's one of those things where they almost describe it too clearly to be made up. Right. No. That, I mean, that makes complete sense. Um, and it's crazy. I'll just show you a... So they hunt this thing, but nobody's ever Correct. gotten one? Correct. Wow. So it's... Um, it's like the Kenya Bigfoot. Yes. Almost. So like, I don't know if you can see that. See how like it has short, like oh, yeah. crouching back legs with like big, strong... Is that an actual photo? No. Oh. Um, but then some of them make the face look more like a really angry baboon. Oh, um, that's terrifying. But they're just there's just so much on it. Like, and it's only spotted in in this certain area of Kenya, yes, or is okay. just in in western. So that looking at a picture of an atlas bear, it does look pretty similar with like. The shorter back legs, the oh, longer okay. front legs. Yeah. But that's literally like a, like, lived with the saber-toothed tigers and all, like, yeah. and woolly mammoths. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it hasn't been around for a while. But, you know, they keep finding species of fish that they thought were extinct. Maybe there's, that's true. Maybe there's non-wet animals. Or maybe, like, the Nandi bear is just extremely... Like endangered. Maybe it's the ghost of the Nandi bear. Or That'd the, be a plot that, twist. The yes. Atlas bear. The Atlas bear. Yeah, that could be a thing. You don't even know. No I wonder know. they can't catch it. I've seen you know people say that ghosts walk through flower and leave footprints. That's true. Well, and so like I said, the thing that I found most intriguing was that 
and talking to these people with no access to anything. Yeah. That they talk about it like it's very normal. They don't think of it as being it's a cryptid. It's just a real or, animal. It's like, oh, yeah, we have this hyena bear looking thing. That's which is awesome. also terrifying. <laughs> Extremely terrifying. But, I mean, if it's a ghost, that explains why nobody can actually kill one. Um, I should have mentioned it last episode. A completely random thought that goes back to last week. When I was trying to pick a, a Christmas story... I found like a legend as to why elves' shoes are pointy. Oh, what's that? The legend is that for people that don't believe in Santa, that when Santa Claus comes to their house and realizes, oh, Billy Bob doesn't believe in Santa, he lets his elves know and the elves go and gouge the child's eyes out with their pointy shoes. No. (laughs) Yes. It's like... It's not just like one person's little, like it was everywhere, but obviously couldn't do a story on that. Like it's a statement, but I was like, just imagining these little elves coming in and just with their pointy shoes. That's, that's so curls up because it's gouging somebody's eye. That's like an idea for a bad sci-fi horror, like, oh, like sci-fi channel. Oh yeah. Like Sharknado. Like Sharknado. Exactly. (laughs) Sorry. I should have mentioned it Eye gouging elves. Yes. I love it. Um, so I have a story and it's it's going to come full circle because I already mentioned I was watching Dave Schrader's oh, right. show and getting all caught up on that and how I can't recommend enough to for people to watch the Holster Files. But I came across this story as I was watching the Holster Files and they briefly discussed this case, but then went on to investigate another case that had similar claims to this one. Um, So thanks, Dave, for the idea for this story. Story. So people that don't know anything about Hans Holzer, that's what this show is, is they dive into this man's paranormal files that have been closed for decades. Um, He's a legend in the world of paranormal. And I'm totally eventually, so Dibs, Clayton, going to do a story on him in another episode. At some point. But to give you a brief synopsis of this man's life, he was born in Vienna, Austria. His interest in the supernatural was sparked at a very young age by stories told to him by his Uncle Henry. So thanks, Uncle Henry. Um, Hans studied archaeology and ancient history at the University of Vienna. He and his family fled Austria when threats of World War II were imminent, and they moved to New York City in 1938. In New York, he studied parapsychology at Columbia University and then went on to teach parapsychology at the New York Institute of Technology and during his life wrote over 120 books on the afterlife. I'm not sure how I never heard of this guy until Dave's show came out, but damn, he's like the precursor to the Warrens. I haven't read that many books. Exactly. (laughs) Um, his extensive involvement in researching the supernatural included investigating the Amityville Horror House um, and some of the most prominent haunted locations around the world. He's also worked with well-known mediums such as Ethel Johnson Myers, Sybil Leake, and Marissa Anderson. So what he would do is there wasn't a lot of equipment back in those days, so he'd bring these mediums and do a seance at these locations that were claiming paranormal activity. 
I would kill to get my hands on these Holzer files. So Dave, hook a sister up. Um, he's been credited with creating the term The Other Side, mm-hmm. which it, one of his books was called that. And I guess it wasn't a thing until he wrote that book. So there you have it. A little bit about Hans Holzer. But you're here for the poltergeist of Tyler, Texas, aren't you? So that story goes a little something like this. In a little 1950s ranch-style house in Tyler, Texas, there occurred one of the most famous cases of poltergeist activity in the world. I had not heard of it until then, so now it's definitely, to me, the most famous. (laughs) Um, In 1968, Hans received a phone call from a gentleman by the name of L. Howard Beard of Tyler, Texas. But by the time Mr. Beard had called in the instance, everything had actually stopped. So after all this went down, he he reached out to Hans. I'm assuming he didn't even know it was a thing sure. back then. Yeah, that yeah. There were people that looked into this. It seems uh, it had ended as abruptly as it had started, which is typical of poltergeist activities, since they depend solely on the energies of living people. In this case, the energy became no longer available since the beards removed themselves from the home. Okay. So once they moved out, everything stopped. Current research indicates, however, that poltergeist activity may have nothing to do with ghosts or spirits, since the activity seems to center around an individual. It is believed that it is caused by the subconscious mind of that individual, which is so fucking cool to me. That is cool. I mean, it's literally telekinesis. (laughs) It's called psychokinetic activity, moving objects by the power of your mind. The individual is... I'm sorry? I wish. Dude. Could you imagine? Wait. Little insert. So, do you remember the movie Chronicle? It's like um, it's like a found footage film where these high schoolers or college age, whatever, find some like asteroid that's like glowing, and then they whatever they get exposed to it. And now they can like move things and all this stuff. Vaguely, it's okay. Anyways, so it came out while I was in college, and Zach. Uh, my best friend and my roommate at the time, we went and saw it. And when we got back, we literally were doing research on like, because there are all these monks that claim to do it. Really? That they can do it, but that they won't do it. They only do it in the confinement of like their... Their environment. Their, their moth. Um, their buildings. The monkness. And <laughs> so we were like, we spent probably an hour trying to move a thing, a piece of popcorn based on their ideas oh that's cool <laughs> it never moved i'm I'm going to tell you every time i watch the first the first three star wars not the first three episodes but the first i always you know if i can't reach something i still try to use a force oh, absolutely i'm not gonna lie one of these days the shit is gonna fly across the table so um back to psychokinetic activity moving objects by the power of the mind the individual is often often under emotional psychological or physical stress or even going through puberty again didn't happen to me still fucking pissed off about that so what was going on that gave mr beard the reason to call hans so john is short for johnny who is mrs beard The couple had retired recently and settled into the Tyler home with their teenage son, Andy. One of the reasons Howard decided it was time to retire was because John began exhibiting signs of having mental issues. 
Previously, she had thoroughly enjoyed spending time with Howard and Andy, going on walks in the park, going shopping together, taking weekend trips, but gradually she began pulling away, preferring to eat alone, not wanting to go anywhere. Sounds familiar. Me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Howard thought maybe a change of scenery to a different town or a different home would be good for her. And so shortly before their last days of work, he purchased the house in Tyler. But that's when things went downhill very quickly. As they do. As they do. The family moved to the new home. John began talking to people that were not there. I'm not at that point yet. Um, She would lock herself in a room for hours at a time. In the evenings, she would take a cab to various restaurants around town and not return till after dark. She would then go straight to the bedroom, shut the door, and refuse to come out. She said people were spying on her, watching her every move. And when Howard told her that, tried to convince her, it's not true, everything's fine, tried to calm her down, she became convinced that he was the leader of the group watching her and forbade him to come into their bedroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Howard began sleeping with Andy, his son Andy, in his room. Teenage son Andy. Um, John slash Johnny slash mom slash Mrs. Beard uh, begin smoking, something she had never done before. Howard told her she had to quit smoking, but she wouldn't. Radios and clocks in the house began to quit working. And upon Howie's inspection, he found that John had removed the inner workings of all these items and placed and hid packs of cigarettes and matches in them. Okay. So she hid hundreds of packs of cigarettes and lighters under sinks, behind books, taped them to the bottom of drawers, under her mattress, above closet shelves, literally everywhere. Like she was terrified she was going to run out of cigarettes. And then she went on to set fire to things in the house by just setting her cigarette on it so things would catch fire, (laughs) you know, because that's what people do. At this point, since John would never let her husband or her son around her, and the woman clearly needed to be watched 24-7, Howard and Andy decided it would be best if she lived with her sister. Understandable. Yes. Howard, however, continued to sleep in Andy's room, as John had once found out he was sleeping in that room while she wasn't there. Bitch lost her shit. He's like, fuck it. I'm just going to sleep with the kid. Yeah. Whatever. It's just less drama. So one night in July of 1965, Howard and Andy went to bed. As soon as the bedside lamp was turned off, hundreds of June bugs began flying into the room, hitting them in the face. Um, They flew with with such force that it stung when they would hit their face. And the ones that missed, you would hear them hitting the wall and like splattering. What? It's insane. When Howard managed to turn the light back on, there was no flying bugs flying through the air or anything. They were all dead on the ground of the floor okay so it's the instant the light turns out it's, it's you know swarming swarming yeah. swarming the light turns on they it's like time froze and they all just dropped to the ground they were all dead like crispy been dead for weeks dead and i mean needless to say howard and andy slept with the lights on that uh-huh. night all was quiet for several days until the voices started John slash Johnny slash mom slash Mrs. Beard is gone. At first, there would be an unidentified voice quietly speaking in a different room. But when Howard or Andy went to investigate, you guessed it, 
nobody was there. They could never quite figure out what the voices were saying. This went on for several weeks until one night the bugs came back exactly like they did before. And then after that night, the voices became louder. They seemed to resonate from within the walls and could be identified as seven different people known to the family. Okay. So they all, they recognized all seven voices. Sometimes what they said made sense. Sometimes it was just gibberish. And the problem was that all seven of the people who were speaking had been dead for several years and they were all family members. Gotcha. This is when shit gets even crazier. Mm -hmm. Objects in the house began to move. We're talking literally poltergeist the movie shit here. Howard would come back inside the house. He had a shop in the backyard where he made rubber stamps or something like that. And he'd find the kitchen chairs sitting on top of the table. Legit poltergeist the movie shit. Or his lazy boy in the living room would be moved to the other side of the room. What? Pictures would fall from the walls or the TVs and all the radios, apparently fix the radios, um, would be turned on at full volume all throughout the house. One time, a refrigerator is moved from the kitchen into the bedroom on the other side of the house. That one blew my mind. Um, One night after laying down, Howard felt something moving against his arm, which I thought was going to go in a whole different direction, sleeping with his teenage son. (laughs) Um, But when he turned on the light, pulled back the bed covers, there were dozens of slimy slugs crawling around. Ew, David. Not slugs. Not at all. Um, Like the cause... Like the case usually is with people who refuse to move out of a haunted house. All mm-hmm. the family's money was sunk into the home, yeah. so they couldn't do anything. And Howard didn't want to impose on any of his family members that were still alive because the dead ones were there. So the boys stuck it out, and thank God they did because the story just gets better. Great. Um, eventually, another voice joined the original seven. John's, Johnny slash mom slash Mrs. Beard. Her voice. Howard would often have long back and forth conversations with John. She knew for sh- he knew for sure it was her because she talked about things, sometimes intimate things only the two of them would know. What? Yet when he called his sister-in-law's home phone, John was still at her sister's house, yeah. alive and well. And um, his her sister confirmed she was there all day. Whoa! Insane. That's the first I've ever heard of. Like, yeah. Yeah, still. So this is a quote from Howard himself. It was a Saturday, and Andy and I went to bed about 1030. Something that sounded exactly like fingers drummed lightly on the bed. Although we were under the covers, we would feel whatever it was tugging at the sheets, actually trying to jerk the covers off of us. We would turn on the light, and the tugging would stop, just like the bugs. Sure. There were no bugs that night, but when the lights were off, both Andy and I could feel something on our arms that seemed like small flying bugs bouncing up and down, sort of like gnats would do. We would slap at them, but there was absolutely nothing there. We would turn on the lights and see nothing. We sprayed the air everywhere with insect spray, but it didn't do any good. It felt exactly like someone was grabbing the hair on your arms with a thumb and forefinger, not actually pulling it very hard at first, but later jerking the hair like out of this follicle thingamabobber. While we were laying in bed with the light on, my work shoes, weighing possibly two pounds each, 
flew right over our heads and landed on the other side of the bed. Oh my gosh. I would kill to see this shit. Terrified. Andy's house shoes got up from the floor and flung themselves against the blinds. My clothes, which somehow, without the door being opened, no, 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 no. My clothes, which were hanging in the closet with the door closed, got out of there somehow without the door being opened and flew across the room. How? No. I can't even imagine. And these are actual tapes that Hans uh, Holzer had interviewed these guys. Um, finally, we turned off the lights again and heard a strange sound that we could not identify. It was under the bed. That's fucking creepy. It sounded like rollers turning rapidly, um, with fingers. So imagine like one of those, like you'd have in a warehouse when you roll boxes on them. That's what I'm picturing in my head. Suddenly something hit the blinds like a bullet. We turned the light on and found that it was the handle from the gas jet under the bed, it had unscrewed itself, and both the, both it and the bolt and the handle had flung themselves against the blinds. Then the bed started moving away from the wall. What? That was the last thing we could stand for that night. It was almost 2 a.m. on Sunday. I told Andy to put on his clothes. We went to a motel to spend the rest of the night. As we were walking down the driveway, after closing and locking the door, a handkerchief still folded, hit me in the back of the head. Just as we got in the car, another handkerchief that I knew I had left on the bedside table hit me in the back after I closed the car door. Oh my gosh. People don't even make this shit up. You know what I'm saying? By the time we arrived at the motel, we were so weary, we both fell asleep and nothing else happened that night. So this is, a lot of that wasn't covered on the Holzer files because it was just a little bit about experience that from this experience on yeah um this blew my fucking mind and this is the reason i became so interested in this case um andy and howard would see letters appear out of thin air they just like fall from the sky but not like out of the ceiling they just like appear in midair and fall down hundreds of them over time When the letters first started appearing, many of them were written in numbers, and the family actually had to decode what what, on earth I know what what the letters were trying to say. I mean, we're talking like some angels and demons shit here. Um, But then many of them were written in plain English, and actually they were holding these letters when when they were telling Dave about this story. And I'm like, I want to hold those letters. Some of them were very threatening. One specifically said, I will kill Junior for you. And it was specifically said, Dear Howard, I will kill Junior for you. The letters appeared to have been written by a child. The handwriting was just super sloppy, what I'm trying to say there. And Hans immediately thought it was Andy, because I would too. However, Howard claimed that he witnessed them appearing out of thin air with Andy in the room. Um, Each of the letters was on different types of paper. So it was like big and small and colored and not colored. And uh, again, you understand why I was drawn into this story. Once Holzer was involved, he advised the family to move out as soon as humanly possible. And the Baird family did just that. Mom, Johnny, 
moved back in, and it appears the family lived happily ever after. But according to Amy, Andy's older sister, who was not living there at the time, she was much older, things weren't quite as happy as happily ever after seemed. While Mrs. Beard went on to live a normal, as normal a life as she could, it seemed her son Andy literally lived with demons until the day he died. None of this was covered by Holzer, but the sister was on this episode of the Holzer Files and told Dave that the evil followed the family to their new house, particularly Andy. The messages no longer fell from the sky. The bugs were no longer swarming, but the evil now resided in Andy's head and there only. Oh, hell. Yes. Andy continued to fight the evil daily until he just couldn't anymore, and he shot himself in the (gasps) temple to make the suffering stop. He died at the age of 33 and was laid to rest at Tyler Memorial Park and Cemetery near his father, who died about 10 years earlier. Oh, my gosh. Insane story, though. Crazy. Like, all the things. Absolutely nuts. Um, so quick shout outs to Wikipedia, stormynighttales.blogspot.com, beetlebabies.livejournal.com, and the Holzer Files for helping me tell this crazy story. Insane. That's nuts. Yes. And terrifying. Terrifying. But I so want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and on the episode, they, they actually played tapes of teenage Andy talking about the voices and how he spoke to the voices and about seeing shadow figures and things like that. It was chilling. Whoa. Yeah. One of the coolest things about that show is they play these tapes. Sometimes um, they would have videotaped it um, of the mediums in their trance-like state talking for the spirits. Yeah. And it's always so fucking creepy oh my gosh crazy poltergeist of tyler texas and there's so much about it oh i guarantee it yeah so yeah that's it kids next up new year's next time you hear from us it's gonna be the roaring 20s the roaring 20s oh all the art decos coming back i'm so excited but guys again we say it every fucking time we love you we adore adore you we appreciate the fuck out of you and keep doing what you're doing. Help us get the word out. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Um, I got the last of our contest winners oh, stuff out to yeah. her. She's very excited. She posted in the the Oddity the Files group. group the picture of the sticker on the back of her car. So yeah. sorry about that, guys. I suck at mail. Um, but weird is the new cool. Thanks, guys. See Go you next on. year. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. The opinions expressed on this show are ours and ours alone. Our logo was created by me. If you like the show and would like to support us, you can watch Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. You can buy merch at oddityfiles.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at oddityfiles or on Facebook at facebook.com oddityfiles can even join our weird little Facebook group called Oddity Files Fan Group. It's a closed group, so you'll need approval, but we do approve everyone. Most importantly, you can help us spread the word. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your boyfriend, tell your ex-boyfriend, tell your grandma, tell everybody, share and retweet. Just help us get the word out. We appreciate each and every one of you and couldn't do this without you. 
If you have a story you want to know more about or a personal story you'd like to hear us read during an episode, email us at oddityfilescrew at gmail. If you have a corrections corner, go ahead and give us a call. It's 317-300-6699. If you have a venue you'd like us to do a live podcast at, reach out at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, take a couple minutes, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all the major podcast apps. It also helps us get out there and in front of the public eyes. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool.